Lessons in T-Ball by Ted Pridromu It's the bottom of the ninth inning. The score is four to three, and the bases are loaded. The count is full, and the cleanup hitter has fouled off four pitches in a row. A walk will tie the game. A base hit, and we lose. Our catcher calls timeout and jogs to the mound to strategize with our pitcher. They're trying to figure out how to get this guy out. After a quick chat, they give each other a nod. The plan is in place. Our pitcher takes a deep breath and steps onto the mound. He looks to the catcher for the sign. He winds up and throws a changeup that totally fools the batter. Strike out! We are the champions of the San Anselmo Baseball Association again. Yes, this is a story about Little League Baseball about how a brother and sister with no experience coached their sons to three championships in four years against rival coaches who played college baseball. But this narrative is much more than a story about how to win Little League championships. As the years pass, I realize the significant impact we had on those 8- to 12-year-olds. We taught them life lessons that affected their lives as well as ours. Kids often get frustrated when they strike out or can't catch a hard-hit ball. You fail most of the time in baseball, so you have to learn how to pick yourself up, dust off the disappointment, and get back into the game. I often see the boys, now men, around town, and they always thank me for those great seasons. Countless parents tell me how we change their kids' lives by teaching them not only how to play baseball, but how to be confident and overcome their fear of failure. Do you want to know the secret of our success? Our success wasn't planned. It's not like my sister and I sat down one day and devised a strategy to dominate the local Little League. It was purely an accident that we won so many championships. Actually, looking back on our experience, maybe it wasn't an accident after all. Traveling Around the World by Sheila Simkin While growing up, my mother read books to me about Chilly Willie the Penguin, who floated on his ice floe from Antarctica to a tropical island, Ferdinand the Bull, who lived in Spain, and the five little peppers who traveled through Europe with Grandpapa. I, too, wanted to travel the world, although the ice flow sounded scary. My mother had a different opinion. Her broken record refrain was, When you grow up and get married, you can go wherever you want, but as long as you live under my roof, forget it. And so it happened. Marriage. Upon that Happy occasion, the first thing I did on my honeymoon, was coax my husband to abandon Miami Beach for Cuba in 1960. Fidel Castro had come into power, and Cuba was practically paying tourists to visit. That was it. The world beckoned, and Sheila had to explore. If it meant dragging babies on red-eye flights, sitting in airports overnight— traveling off-season, scrimping, plotting and planning, and even dragging my four-year-old door-to-door with me while I took surveys, so be it. As I became more adventurous, 
My sons Michael and Joel learned to ski in Colorado. We cruised on ships that have subsequently sunk to the bottom of the sea and even gutted out a long-distance flight to London. My marriage eventually dissolved. My ex-husband was probably thrilled, as he never did like to travel. And in 1977, I remarried. When my husband Steve and I were dating, I asked him if he liked to travel, to which he replied, I love Mexico and Las Vegas. Little did the poor man know what I had in mind.